days and cool evenings. August in Maine. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. The summer between my sophomore and junior years of high school, I had helped my parents get the lawn mown and found nothing of particular interest in that late summer expanse of grass and humidity. Then, that late afternoon, we had a passing thunderstorm and an associated brief, albeit soaking, downpour, which brought some semblance of relief to the muggy, stifling summer weather. The next morning was another hot one, and I went out for a little wander around the front yard among the shade of a large red maple to see what I could find. There before me, where nothing abnormal had been the day before, was what appeared at first to be a softball sitting on the lawn. Upon closer inspection, I realized that this was not a softball, but a giant puffball mushroom. There are several species of puffballs, and they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Most are somewhat spherical, but others can have chunky little stalks, too. They can be smooth, rough, or spiky, tan, brown, or white. When puffballs mature, the flesh of a puffball will turn into a mass of brown, crumbly spores. In some species, the puffball's tough outer skin turns leathery, and an opening forms on the top such that when children poke them with sticks, the spores go flying as might happen if you were to squeeze a bottle of baby powder. In other species, the whole mass just cracks open and can blow around and crumble across the landscape, spreading spores along the way. The giant puffball is certainly an anomaly in this group. While many species are only the size of a marble or golf ball, the giant puffball certainly lives up to its name as a mature specimen can be as big as a large watermelon. As with all mushrooms, this is just the fruiting body of the organism, while most of it lives underground as a network of filament-like strands of fungal tissue called hyphae. Being a fruiting body, like an apple or raspberry, its sole purpose is reproduction, and this is a thing at which the giant puffball is a champion. Upon maturing, that massive sphere will produce upwards of 7 trillion spores. For context, there are 31.6 million seconds in a year. 7 trillion seconds is equivalent to nearly 225,000 years. So yeah, giant puffballs are pretty good at making spores. Over the days following my giant puffball discovery, I watched as this puffball grew to the size of a basketball, and I picked it, having known for some time that folks consider this mushroom to be a prized culinary delight. Supposedly much like tofu, the tender white flesh of a puffball takes on the flavor of whatever dish it is cooked into while imbuing the food with a gentle, nutty earthiness that is subtle enough for just about any palate to appreciate. It would seem that the most popular way to eat the mushroom is cut into slabs and pan-fried with a little butter, salt, and pepper, or lightly breaded and fried. In keeping with what I learned, I cut the large mushroom in half to make sure the entire cross-section was pure white, for any yellow, brown, or purple discoloration is indicative of a puffball gone past its prime or a different puffball species. It was indeed the purest white I could imagine. Excited by this edible find, I promptly put some in a soup my family was having for dinner, but found myself disappointed by the lack of flavor it provided. Knowing that this mushroom was far more than we could eat before it spoiled, I cut it into slabs and dried the rest. This was, evidently, a poor decision. 
The smell that came from the dehydrator was that of stale urine, and the subsequent dried mushroom contributed such unfortunate gustatory nuance to whatever dish I put it in. While I categorize this experience as a foraging fail, I am eager to attempt eating one again, this time with a good recipe. So this weekend, you can be like me and keep an eye to woodland clearings or in the shaded portions of old fields in hopes of finding one of these massive mushrooms. If you do find one, like with all mushrooms, be sure to consult a mushrooming expert because all mushrooms can be tricky to correctly identify, and some species can induce anything from light nausea to death. If you happen to have experience eating and enjoying these mushrooms, reach out to us and let us know your tips and tricks for consuming giant puffballs. You can download this episode and find a link to our blog with our contact information, the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 